What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Yes, we're back in action. I just wanted to say that. I wanted something groovy to say to start the <laughs> you show. You just wanted off. to be dramatic. Yeah, pretty much. But um, February 19th. Highline Ballroom. Uh, tickets are almost sold out. If you haven't heard, we're doing a live podcast in New York City. Highline Ballroom, you can get your tickets right now. Um, I think there are very few tickets left. Um, the amount of support that we've seen, uh, we're very appreciative. I mean, we damn near sold out in like five days. So we're very grateful and very thankful. We do this every year. I think we're going to be doing more live shows, but the next one is February 19th at Highline Ballroom. It's a Monday night. There's no work or school because of President's Day. So date night, perfect for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day is a couple days before. This is a perfect gift. Dinner, drinks, and a podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking our shit. And we <laughs> invite all you guys to come on out. And if you want to get tickets, you can just go to HighlineBallroom.com. And uh, you can hit up the Casey crew or... You know, hit the search button in Casey Crew, or you can go in my Instagram or Gia's Instagram, and we have a link in the bio. You just click the link, and it goes right to the uh, the page, the page where you could get the tickets. Yeah, and you know, we're talking about traveling and um, hitting up some of the other cities. It seems like a lot of um, people in Houston, California. Toronto and New Orleans um, have been hitting us up requesting, you know, that we do the podcast there. So we're thinking about it. So that should answer some of you guys' questions. That's right. So hopefully we'll see you in the city soon. And if you can make it down to New York City, we'd love we, we can't wait to see you February 19th. Yes. All right. Now, um, last episode. We were talking about a lot. You were talking about your face routine and all that other stuff. And uh before we get into some of the topics, right, I wanted to just tell people what my face routine was. <laughs> because. Wait, what your, what your earlier face, no, facial I, care routine was or what your current facial routine? No, what I do now because I don't do all that shit that you do in 15 minutes and leave this on, in five minutes leave this on. Well, you on, don't have the time. You couldn't if you wanted leave to. This on. And some people don't have the time. And there's a lot of men out there that say, I don't give a fuck about all that. I need some quick shit. I can put it on my face, wash my face, scrub mm-hmm. my shit, moisturize and get the fuck out the door. Uh-huh. So I don't even know what I use. So. So how are you going to tell them? Uh, that's what I'm asking you. <laughs> okay. I don't go through the whole process. This is not going to be a 30 minute beauty regimen. This is going to be a 60 second beauty regimen. Yours is not 60 seconds. Is it 60 seconds? It's about. Okay. So what do I wash my face with? Um, I bought for you because I, I wanted something that was like a three step system for you because I know that you don't have the time and I wanted something that was strong because you have obviously you're a man and men have thicker skin than women and you have facial hair and you're not going to go through the routine the same way that a woman would. So I wanted something that would do the job on its own even if you weren't really putting the work into it. So I wanted to get something for you that was strong. So what I got for you was Peter Thomas Roth's glycolic line. And it's their glycolic um, cleanser, their glycolic toner, and their glycolic moisturizer. So all you got to do is very simple. Fellas, I take these three things in the shower with me. <laughs> wait, wait, you moisturize in the shower? Well, I don't moisturize in the fat shower. So you take the, no. I, I take you the can't. washer. So let me explain what I do. <laughs> So I wash my face every morning. You called it the washer? Let's eat the washer. 
So there's three things that I have. Did you learn anything from the last podcast? No, I did not. <laughs> Go ahead. There's three things I have. I have a washer, a wiper, and a moisturizer. Now, let me explain what these three things do. It's not going to be as long as Gia. I take the washer in the shower with me. Gia has a little bin that she puts on the side of... In, in That's like, my care bin. And it's, uh, I call it the care caddy. All right, with well, the care Tell caddy. Tell them what the care caddy is. All right, now, the care caddy, Gia, I think she just does this so she could just put my shit back in the box and she has, don't have to worry about it. But in my care box, as she calls it's it. It's not a I box. Care, it's a caddy. All right, care caddy. There is... People... No, because you're just... You're, you're messing this up. You can get it from Harmon or possibly Target or a version of it from Target. I didn't get mine from Target. I got mine from Harmon. But it's a plastic container that has different sections that you can put your products in and carry them into and out of the shower. Because us women and some of you men, some of you OCD men out there, I do not like to go into my shower and see products. I don't want to see shampoo, conditioner, body wash, body conditioner, loofahs, sponges, washcloths, my razor, my shaving cream. I don't want to see all of those products in my shower. So everyone in my house has a care caddy. So you put all of your products in this plastic container. It's organized nicely. You bring it into the shower with you. As soon as you're done using it, you put it back in the care caddy. And when you exit the shower, you take that caddy with you and put it in your linen closet or underneath your sink in the cabinet or wherever you choose but it keeps everything nice and organized and you never run into a situation where you get into the shower and you do not have a product that you need right. and have to get out wet and cold and go into your cabinet underneath your sink to get it now this is what's in my care caddy all right if that's what you want to call it a care bin whatever you call it you call it a box uh, but it's what you called your cleanser or washer all right, let me tell you you so. are so simple right now i am it is the truth i have my my washer that, that I use to wash my face. Uh-huh. Right. I have my uh, body wash mm-hmm. for my body. Um, I have my floss, my <laughs> toothbrush, my toothpaste. Your Listerine. My Listerine. Mm-hmm. I have my uh, nose hair clipper. <laughs> because I'm setting you up to die. Right. I want you to get electrocuted in the shower. It's battery operated. It's a battery operated <laughs> nose hair clipper that I can I clip my nose hairs to make sure I don't have long <laughs> nose hairs growing out my nose. Uh-huh. So I remain sexy. Uh-huh. Um what else do I have in there? I have I put your cologne in there. My cologne. Mm-hmm. I have my Not that not that you use it in the shower. I just don't want him to forget to spray his cologne. So it's in there kind of like a reminder. My my wiper. Now, my wiper is what I do is my, this is my facial routine, guys. You wash your face while you're in the shower, okay? When you finish washing your face and finish washing your body, you pat dry your face, you dry your body. Then you walk out the shower, right? When you walk out the shower, there's a a, a wiper, I call it. Gia calls it a toner. Now, with the <laughs> wiper, all I do is I pretty much wipe my face down. Oh, my goodness. I cannot stand your description. I promise you. Right? I'm telling you. I, <laughs> wipe you wipe your face down. You put it on. What's them little things that you that I have? Oh, my gosh. Them circular cloth things. Um, It's a cotton round. All right, I use a cotton round. That's what they call it. Because I don't, I don't, we don't use cotton balls. We use cotton rounds. The flat, um, round cotton. So I wipe my face down with the, with the cotton ball round. It, well, you swipe. Swipe, swiper, mm-hmm. swiper. And then I let that dry. I'm getting dressed while that dries. And then once that dries, I... Uh, moisturize my face and that's my three-step process it usually takes me I can get all that done in about six minutes 
six minutes to wash my face. I ain't got to go through that. Wait, bullshit. six minutes? Six? No, it doesn't take you a whole six minutes. Yeah, I wash my face. It takes two, well, three because you're in the shower. That takes. And then yeah, when I go out, I wipe my face down with the toner. No, if you dries, did that, if you did that, moisturize out the door. If you did that in the sink, like standing in front of the sink, it would probably only take you. Three minutes. Well, that's all it takes. I ain't got to do all that process of let this sit. Well, of course not, because your last concern is anti-aging or sun protection or firmness or anything like that. But I, I'm just telling you, you don't care about brightening. Fellas, you don't care about you dark clean your spots. Face and you want it to look good. That's what I do. I don't go through the process, but that's how I wash my face. I wipe it down after and I moisturize it. it and I'm good money. And I wash my face and my face is pretty clean. I don't really have any bumps, but, pimples, blackheads, anything like that. But don't you think that your skin has improved yes. since your prior days of skincare, that's which put, was non-skincare? That's what I'm putting the fellas on to exactly what I do. Yeah. You wash, you wipe, and you moisturize. And I like that Peter Thomas Roth toner dispenser. It's kind of cool, ladies. It's like um, when you go We're talking to, to the fellas now well the, the ladies are probably the ones that are going to buy it for their men so right now i'm talking to the ladies <laughs> the dispenser is kind of like when you go to the nail salon and um the nail polish remover or the acetone they have in like a clear dispenser and they put the cotton pad on top of the dispenser and they press it down a few times and there's a tube that pretty much ejects the liquid upwards into the cotton pad mm-hmm. and that's nice that's how your dispenser is and right. that's kind of cool so i just want to put fellas on how i wash my face the products that i use so fellas you be good money and ladies you could buy your fellas some stuff to make sure their <laughs> face is clean right? yes now um and, that- I'm, and i'm not saying that that's the best for men i'm not necessarily sure what's the best for men but i like that brand i trust their ingredients and their formulations and that's why i invested in it so men if there's something you want to try give it a try but feel free to try other things as well but that's a nice three-part system right now i want to talk about what we stopped off last week and you mean what you cut me off and threw away too for this week yeah i mean we had to we would like yeah you do that a lot right i mean i bring up something i'm all into it you'd be like you know what we can't have a seven hour podcast we have five kids (laughs) you'd be like you know what um I think that we should talk about that next week. Right. Because you of, must have done that 14 times to me. And it makes sense because instead of rushing, because we have so much to get in. No, no, no. Podcast, I wouldn't rush. You rush. Right. Well, the last podcast was an hour and 30. What do you want him to be? Three hours and 30 minutes? No. I got things to do. Not at all. I got a job. Just saying. I got, we got five kids. We got shoveling snow. We got. Uh, I'm going to do that to you one good time. What? You're going to bring up something I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about that next week. I'm cool with that. Go ahead. I'm cool with that. Uh, I wanted to, uh, we were talking about men being physical with their women or anybody being physical in a relationship Mm -hmm. and how sometimes it's looked at as, uh, well, I want to talk to you uh, how, how it's looked, you know, in our relationship in the past, I have put hands on you and not as a punch you in your face and punch you in your gut and snuff you and, wow. and throw you That's downstairs. Not like that, but wow. mm-hmm. we've okay. gotten to arguments before wow. and, I, and I've grabbed you tight. I've, I've uh, shaken you. Mm-hmm. I'm not shaking you to the point where I would crack your neck or anything, but you know, shaking a, a good firm shaking and, and men out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and, these things that I've done were, I don't want to say patterns in our relationship, but when we would argue back in the day and, you know, sometimes I think women, when we argue, 
have a, a great way of you said women when women. we argue yeah no when when, when you guys are <laughs> your argue, fellow women no yeah you are your fellow women <laughs> my fellow women when you guys argue you you guys are great at arguing you guys have a, a a way to cut deep with your tongue you really think that's a woman thing absolutely you don't think men cut deeply with their tongues not as much I think women pre-plan and they know what they're saying and they really know how oh, to hurt. So we plot. Yeah. So we aren't just being honest during the conversation or the disagreement. We're we're, we're plotting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's not true. I mean, I I'm so. sure that some because people I think, plot. I think, I think in some arguments you say things that are not necessarily true, but you say it to hurt my feelings. And I'm sure women say things to hurt their man's feelings as well. And I think that men say things to hurt women's feelings as well. I think you so. You think not? I think times, but I think women do it more. And I think men's reaction is to get physical physical a lot because I think men feel that they're stronger and that they can. You know, I feel like for a man sometimes, and even with me in, in, in our relationship early on, I knew that I was stronger than you and I would try to use that strength to put a fear into you. You know, instead of having an argument or to uh, avoiding a question or if I didn't want to go to into a, a, a particular space in a conversation, if I got a little aggressive with you mm-hmm. nine times out of the 10, it would stop that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. don't you think? Don't you agree? Um, I definitely think that you did that. I think you also did that. Uh, well, well, before before I get into my thoughts, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. So you were cool. And in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, we're talking about very early on in our relationship. Right. Between the ages of I might have been 17. You were probably 18 to 19, 20, 21, mm-hmm. 22. Around there. Maybe even 23 ish. Uh-huh. Um. Just to give you guys a frame as to what we're talking about and our levels of maturity. Um, You had no problem instilling fear in me if that's what you thought that you were doing. Yeah. You had no problem. No. So why didn't you fear that it may push me away? Um, Because any time that I did it, and not hit you, not punch you. I don't want anybody to say like, you know, Envy's abusing you. Envy was abusing gear. But no. I was to an extent, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like where I'm punching you in, in, in a black eye or, or anything like that. But we No, I mean, to be very clear, again, in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, it was, um, I think more so just you attempted levels of intimidation. Absolutely. Where, just like you said, you would shake me, you might put me up against the wall, um, you might throw me on a bed. You've sat on top of me to mm-hmm. make sure that I listen to you or to calm the argument down. Um, those were the things that you did specifically, but you've never struck me Mm-mm. or hit me per Correct. se. But what you did were those actions are definitely considered forms of abuse, but mild forms of abuse in comparison to some things that other females experience well first and foremost i think one the reason i i did that is because i never seen a relationship like like ours meaning I never had any siblings, so I never talked to any sisters or brothers about dating a girl or how to deal with a female. And, you know, as I always say, my dad, 
He's a, a retired police officer. So the way that he and my mom's relationship was, there was never really a beef. Like, you know, my mom kind of just bowed down. Whatever my dad said, she did. You know, if it was like, um, for instance, if my mom was like, hey, I want to go to the mall and, and go get something. My dad was like, nah, we're not going to the mall today. We didn't go to the mall. It was no nothing it was no conversation it was no talk if we're at christmas dinner and my mom was like and my dad was like we're leaving mm-hmm. and my mom was like i want to finish my coffee no we, you better grab your coffee and get in that car because you got to walk home that's what he i'm sure he didn't say that. i mean not not that <laughs> i'm sure he didn't say that but maybe that, that was the undertone but that was understood my dad ran the household and what he right. said went and at when, the same time while you're saying that um, I'm thinking that if I didn't know your mother and I was listening to you say that, I would have the wrong image of your mother. No, she's not a pushover or anything your like that. Your mother's not a pushover. But that's just how the household was ran. And when I met you, you were a little different. You know, I wasn't going to say, yo, we out. And you'd be like, all right, yeah, we out after I finish eating. It wasn't like that. So for me... Being seeing what I seen growing up, and this is why you know it's always great to to raise your kids in a certain way so they see different things because your kids is pretty much a reflection whether you want or not of of what you do. Mm-hmm. So now in a relationship with you, and you know you being very strong minded, and me being very strong minded, it wasn't like that. So for me to almost get it like that and get it to what I understood and what I, I knew, I would use my intimidation factor and I wasn't a big person only weighed 100 pounds wet but (laughs) back then back then maybe 150 pounds soaking wet maybe 150 soaking wet so what I would do is I would grab you and push you against the wall and and you know sit on top of you and things like that and use that intimidation to stop arguments to you know if you said something that hurt my feelings instead of going back and forth with an argument it would be like, nah, this is what we're doing and then I'm out. And for you in a relationship, I don't ever think you ever took it as a threat. Yeah, you keep using this word intimidation and... I mean, that's what I tried. I was never intimidated by you. You never scared me. Um, I took it seriously in the sense of he should not be doing this. Right. But I didn't take you seriously where I thought that it would ever escalate to anything dangerous. Correct. Um, I thought that you were just immature and I had to teach you out of that. And like I touched on during the last podcast, I wrongfully thought that it meant you getting so frustrated, you getting so hot and heavy, you getting so angry and riled up. To me, in my young mind, I thought that it meant that you loved me that much more, that because you felt so passionately or so intensely about me, that you would go to those extremes and get to those levels and be so overwhelming and lose control of yourself. I, in a way, thought that it was a sign of love and that was wrong. Correct. It was a sign of a lot of other things. But a lot of, I hear a lot of women talk about it and that's how it starts off. A lot of women say he got so mad that it showed how much he loved me. 
Right. And that's the wrong Right. And I also think that in a way, I subconsciously liked the drama of it. Mm -hmm. I think that it was almost entertaining. Right. In a way. And like I just touched on, flattering in Uh a sense. Um, I don't think I would have interpreted it that way if you were violent, if you had struck me. Um, If it got to that point, I think my feelings would have changed. But because it just remained on that level and it always wound up fixing itself temporarily and everything would go back to a calm and we'd go back to, you know, laughing and joking the next day. I didn't take it as seriously, but if it had gone somewhere else, um, I think that we wouldn't be a couple today. Right. You know, I think that it definitely would have ended if it got to a point where you're, intention played out where I actually was fearful. I was scared or mm-hmm. I wound up hurt. I wouldn't have stuck around for that. Right. And, and, and I agree with you. And the reason that, you know, I wanted to discuss that because a lot of people, that's where it starts. It mm-hmm. starts with, I grabbed her by her hand, uh, aggressively. Mm-hmm. And I felt that she liked it. You know, then I threw up against the wall, you know, then I choked her. Then I hit her. And now it's past just, oh, this is cute. He loves me. He grabbed my hand hard. Now it's, this is physical abuse. And now I want it to stop. And it never stops. It always gets worse and gets worse. And more times it gets to a point where it's life threatening. You know something, you know what I just realized that I never really thought about. I don't know if I, I've thought about it, but I don't know if I've dissected it before in my mind, but you know what I just realized as you were talking I think that, again, because it remained on that level, that little extra, that extra oomph that you would engage in, that, um, that, you know, you grabbing me, or like you said, you know, it might start by just like grabbing your hand or, right. you know, something like that. And it would get to these points. I think that I subconsciously liked like the testosterone that I saw in you. Right. To me, it almost mistakenly came across as manliness. Uh huh. You know, like you seemed like when you would get all riled up and angry and, you know, you know, a little physical and whatnot, it almost came across to me as manliness. And I think that that's part of what I subconsciously liked. You know, I, and maybe it it has some um, characteristics of when, you know, women say or girls say, you know, I like a bad boy uh-huh. because there's just characteristics of a bad boy that might turn you on. Like no woman wants to be with. And I don't want this to be misinterpreted, but. This is how it's going through my mind. So this is how I'm going to say it. No woman wants to be with a wimp. Right. A woman wants to be with a man that will defend her honor. If you're out in the street, you're out in the club, you're out in a bar, you're anywhere and someone disrespects you, 
every woman wants to be with a man that's going to defend her honor and mm-hmm. speak up and show a little bit of that testosterone. Now, what you did was obviously like in the wrong way in a completely different direction. Correct. But a glimpse of that is is something that I think I liked. Yeah, and 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 I and I guess I get it from your side, but you know, where I'm sorry, where truthfully, manliness would be the exact opposite. Correct. Knowing how to control yourself, right? Knowing how to talk to someone, knowing how to communicate, knowing how to make ends meet without having to show all that testosterone. In reality. A mature woman would realize that. But at the time, I had the mind of a girl, even though I thought I was so mature. Right. And you, and you see it a lot. And, and not just in relationships. You see it. I mean, we have kids that play sports. Mm-hmm. And you see it all the time where a kid misses a, a, a jump shot. And he's throwing a basketball and, and, and you know, kicking the, the cooler and kicking the stands. Mm-hmm. That that's where it starts. Or cussing and carrying on. That's where it mm-hmm. starts. You know, same thing. You know, even in the NFL, like you see a player miss a block and he throws his helmet down and he's cursing and kicking. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that, mm-hmm. Now the difference is it's just not on the field. It's in a relationship, and there's no difference. People are like, oh, he's just mad. I, I like that intensity. No, because that intensity comes from somewhere. He can't control his feelings. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna put it to you even better. We can get in an argument right now, now mm-hmm. right now, and you can call me a tons of a ton of everything, <laughs> right? Okay, call me all types of ton, bitch boy. You could call me. I mean, not that you don't, but you can call me anything that you wanted to call me. <laughs> that's in the dictionary, <laughs> right? What? Okay, you can call me fuck boy, whatever you wanted to call me, right? Uh-huh. I don't get mad. Like, okay. I don't know if you noticed, but now when we argue and we get into some sometimes an argument that's not nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same, Rashawn. Oh, no, you're not. I don't even recognize that but, old Rashawn. But I realize that being a man is not being aggressive and being mad and being nasty and yelling and screaming and throwing shit and grabbing you and, and punching a hole in the wall. That's mm-hmm. not being a man. Being a man is saying, OK, I'm going to allow you to say what you want to say. And now I'm going to say what I have to say. Now, either we're going to disagree or we're going to agree on something or you get what you have to say out. I get what I have to say out, and we continue and continue to and we move on. Mm-hmm. But back then, you know, I can tell that it kind of turns you on. You could tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now the really you could tell. Yeah, absolutely. So now the grabbing you went to, OK, to holding you, to throwing you against the wall, pinning you against the wall to all that stuff. And that was never good. And you know what? Now that I think back to it, it would usually result in sex. Right. Like that's how it would end. Right. Like you'd apologize and whatever. We would have like like these moments afterwards where it would deescalate and you would calm down and you'd be so sorry and promise it would never happen again. It was definitely a cycle. Mm-hmm. And then it would turn into sex and you know what it's funny because even now sometimes when we argue you say that some of the most enjoyable sex for you is after an argument correct yeah absolutely and that's because i feel like i'm fucking myself back into good graces <laughs> what what because we just got in- <laughs> of process that real quick <laughs> What's, what's so funny? I don't know. 
know. Um, I don't know. You made something so vulgar sound so eloquent. It's just. What? It's <laughs> the truth. Ahead. We just got into an argument whether I did something wrong or we did something wrong together. Uh-huh. You know, whether we apologized or it turned into sex. Now I feel like I'm fucking you back into good graces. So now I feel like I'm fucking you back into you forgiving me. So I feel like if it's a better fuck, you forgive me faster. If it's a whack fuck, it's just like, yeah. So I'm really trying to fuck back into good graces. So it's um, sex with an end game. Yeah, if you want to put it Aside like that. Aside from the standard end game. Correct. Because now it's like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, I know I fucked up, but now take this dick. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, you like this dick. Oh, you ain't mad Okay, no okay, I, uh, oh, right, 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 right. But, mm-hmm, but, th- mm-hmm. but that's... I, I think it's... But I that's it where it goes, and it's like, understand. oh, oh, you still mad? You still mad? Take this... No, we uh, get it, we get it. Everybody and, gets it. And then what me. winds up happening is is you forget about why you were mad, and you just enjoying sex, and at the end of it, you come, I come, we go to sleep, we wake up, and we don't really talk about it again. We continue with our day. Well... That well, that sex usually happens after you're forgiven, right? After we're already in, yeah. But then we never discuss it again until the next argument. Then the next argument happens, and then it's the same cycle over and over and over again. With you know me ending up busting you, busting we keep moving. That's how it used to be. Right or wrong? I don't know, but I don't know if females bust. But anyway, um, they bust. Yeah, not really. No, not not really. Mm-mm. Okay. So anyway, um <laughs> orgasm nuts, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, spurt. right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so what would you advise for people that are experiencing that right now? Uh but well, first, advice that can be that can really be applied because you know, I don't well first of all, I don't really like the word advice and I think our listeners hey, kind no of damn know advice that. is what we go through yeah I think that you know it's more so just about sharing experiences and opinions but right well I think for men I mean hopefully it, listening to this they can realize that you know what maybe I am not being how I'm supposed to be maybe I am being a boy that's not a man it's not working because all you really do but it is does work for right? a little bit right because at first it does but then it always gets worse it's like a thief you know, you, you might steal something small at first. Mm-hmm. You get away with it. Then it gets a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, now it's not little matchbox cars or candy. Now it's like, mm, I think I could get this shirt out of Macy's. Then once I get that shirt out of Macy's, you'd be like, I think I could get this whole outfit. Then I get this whole outfit. Then it's like, you know what? Let me try that Michael Kors bag. Then you get caught. You know what I mean? And now it's not a little petty larceny charge. It's a little more because that bag is $700, you know. But you continue to try because you never you never get caught. You know, or there's no punishment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. If if men don't realize that it's not affecting in a good way and she it's not good. And I, I know it sounds stupid because most men will be like, man, of course, you, you know, it's not a good thing. But a lot of people don't. They think it's OK because it works. So for men, you got to realize like, yo, you're really pushing your spouse, your girlfriend away. And for women, you know, if you don't nip it in the bud early and this is both sides, because, you know, there's situations where women hit men as well. But if you don't nip it in the yeah. bud early where you say, nah, I'm not going to accept this. Don't put your hands on me and give them and I know it sounds like a childish shit, but give them some type of punishment. Like, no, I'm not talking to you until you fix yourself and get that problem fixed. Right. And he realizes, oh, this is not going to work. I can't just grab her and it's going to be okay. That's not it. 
And if you don't put your foot down, that's what it escalates to. And I'm not saying this to say, okay, I'm, I'm women blaming or, or shame, whatever it is, women shaming or, or whatever it may be, because that's not <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm just telling you that if you don't nip that in the bud early, it will progress. So you have to stop that immediately. And I'm just telling you what I would tell my daughters or, you know, what I would tell if I had a sister or I would tell any female friend that if anybody puts your hand on you, even if it's slightly, even if they grab your pinky toe, like you have to stop that immediately. Don't touch my fucking pinky toe, because if not, it will continue to go on and go on. And then you will have a cycle. You'd have to pull out all types of uh, of uh, warrants and all types restraining of restraining orders, orders and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. I say nip it in the bud early. Well, you have to, because I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. What kept you from getting to the point where you were violent? Why Why was your cap where it was? Because I was just going to say, you know, people have to, because if, if I had heard something like this uh-huh. when I was younger, maybe it would have, the, the value in it, wouldn't have just been, yeah, don't let anybody put their hands on you because that's obvious. Of course, I knew that, right? Uh-huh. But without being able to dissect my thoughts at that time or even the, des- the desire to, di- to dissect my thoughts, I wouldn't have had the battery in my back to do so. So where I think that this can be helpful for some people is a girl can hear this and say, wow, let me let me think about what might be happening subconsciously right. or why I'm actually allowing this. A guy might hear this and say to himself, wow, let me think about why I'm actually doing that. And that's more of the root root of the problem type of type of thing that that's going on here. Not just don't let a man hit you. Don't put your hands on a woman. Right. You know what I mean? So tell me what. What prevented you from going further? Um, Think about that. I, I mean, it's, have you ever it's, thought about that? Yeah. Um, at that time, at that point, I think what prevented me from going further is the response I got from you. What do you mean? Um, and this is going to be fucked up, but I'm just—I mean, we're honest here. I think, I honestly think, if you would have been more violent back towards me, mm-hmm. it would have got worse because I would have tried to overpower you. Because it's like, it's it's kind of like, I couldn't win an argument having a conversation with you. You know what I mean? Because back then it wasn't about having a conversation and getting to the bottom of whatever the disagreement was. It was about winning. It was about winning. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you wanted to win. I wanted to win, which is the, is the worst thing to do in a relationship. Like winning is the fucking worst. Like winning, nobody wins. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it has to be, let's resolve the problem. Now, of course you don't have to agree all the time and that's fine, but winning is the worst thing to do. Taking responsibility, taking accountability, communicating, understanding that should be the goal. Right. But I, I think that if if it got to the point where let's say I put my hands on you and you slap me, mm-hmm. I think that me trying to win, mm-hmm. even the situation, might have slapped you back, and then you would have punched me. And I don't know. I hopefully I would have had good sense not to put hands on you. I pray to God that I wouldn't have. Well, sla- well slapping would have been yeah. Hands that's on that's, me. that's yeah. even worse. But you know, um, I just wasn't a nice person during that time. But no, well, I don't. I don't want to take that away from you. You were a very nice person, but you had those moments. Like I loved you for a reason. Right. You know, aside from that, 
like you were aside from that, you were an incredible boyfriend. And I think that's why I I gave you those allowances. Aside from being a crazy motherfucker, you were a nice boyfriend. No, no, you had you definitely had your crazy moments, but I mean, I could name a hundred things that you did that wowed me and um that made me fall in love with you and allowed me to know that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. And, you know, so I don't want to take that away from you. Like there, I could say a thousand positive things about you during that time. That happened to be one of your flaws, your biggest right. flaw. And I, I, and I think that that shows a sign of a coward when men do that. And I, I was a coward for the things that I did back then. But I also feel like with raising our son, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things we make sure from the door that you don't get emotional and that you think rational. Mm-hmm. And those are big things that you, you know, you put into your son's head. Like, you know, if, if Logan misses a jump shot and, and he, mm-hmm. cause he's never kicked anything or, or punched anything or nothing like that. Cause I'll bust his ass. Yeah. But if Logan even complains too much, I'll be there. Fix up, fix up in the stands. Get your, I'm get, like, okay, shh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, like no 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 because no, i know he you're has not gonna to show learn. motion yeah he you're has not gonna to know sit there, oh, the, the like don't pout no, nah, nah. don't show like that, you go and you if you get benched you go sit next to your coach and you shut the bleep up yeah that's right no yeah. you, that's not what we're gonna do you shut the fuck up get back in the game and forget about that play nobody thinks about it the next play and we do that to our son at the game you know logan doesn't have a problem even our smaller son three if he if something happens and you know he doesn't get what he wants and he starts to complain or starts to cr- nah. What? We don't nah. do that. No, that that's not nah, what we're babe. doing. Nope, nope, nope. You you stand your ass. We up. don't do that. And if it's to the nanny, you go back to apologize to the nanny. If it's to your sister, you go apologize to your sister. Yeah. Now you there's put- no tantrum. No, none of there's that. no hissy that's where it fits. Starts in my there's life. no none of that. So yeah, you're right. It is um, priority in our house right. to teach our kids how to control their behavior and to control their emotions. Right. And I think that that's how it starts and and that's where it works and helps you from a child to understand that I have to hold my emotions and not just be reckless with them because that can get you in trouble. And not even on a court that can get your ass locked up. You could be, you know, you get a little older and go to a party or bar and somebody says something and your emotion makes you do something stupid that can affect the rest of your life. You know what else I think I just realized? What's that? I also think... And correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but I also think that maybe you acted like that in our relationship because maybe you didn't feel secure enough to act that way outside of our relationship. You weren't a rah-rah type of person and, you know, the type of guy that would be out there starting fights or, you know, doing things like that in the street. I feel like you just reserved that type of um, buildup for our relationship. No, I wasn't a a, a rah-rah person. Um, I was a person that just demanded respect. You wasn't going to disrespect me. Right. Um, But you weren't outwardly violent towards. No, I wasn't wasn't outwardly violent. You would think that if you're like this within your relationship that you'd be like that in the street. And you weren't. No, It was like like two different people. Right, because in the streets... People would be surprised. People would be surprised to to know that you were like that at times within our relationship. And like I said, I said it last time, it might have only happened five times. Right. You know? I think I can recall all the times that it happened. So it might have happened five times. It wasn't 
chronic, you know, but it was definitely something that happened from time to time. And um, you weren't necessarily like that outside of our relationship. Well, uh, you know, well, first of all, I knew that in the street that you really had to push my buttons to make me upset to the point where it was going to get physical. Mm -hmm. And that's because I grew up, I grew up in the street. I grew up in Queens. I seen people get sliced. I seen people get shot at. I seen people get killed, Mm -hmm. you know? So I knew if it got to that point, I knew that if I was going to jump, I had to jump with the fact that two feet in that somebody could take my life or I might have to take somebody's life if it ever got that far. Right. Mm -hmm. So I never allowed my emotions to get that far or allowed anybody to really push my buttons. You were a little different. So in our relationship, it was light work. No, not that, not that it was light work. In our relationship, you can push my buttons. Oh, like what, if somebody says something to me in the outside world, even to this day, somebody could say something to me now and it doesn't affect me. I laugh it off because I don't really give a fuck about what people say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, for instance, right? Um, last year, I was walking in a club. I was in New Orleans. And I don't know if you were with me. I don't know, but, um, I'm walking in the club and it's the only time somebody has said something to me and and made me stop. And dude said, what's up to me? And sometimes I walk in the club, people say, what's up? And he was like, yo, he says, yo, he said, what's up? Give me a pound. Mm -hmm. I says, yo, I think you're a maggot. A maggot? Not an M, but use the F. Oh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And. To me, you know, sometimes I'm not even going to lie. When I'm walking to the club and people are saying what's up, I'm just focusing on getting to my section. I'm not really thinking what people are saying. I'm just thinking, they're like, oh, what's up, Envy? What's up? But I heard that. Mm-hmm. I just heard that, that the F word. Mm-hmm. And I stopped. And um, I said, what you say? And he repeated it. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time that I could really think of that I lost my cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was with you. I don't think, you might have been. I'm not sure. I don't know this story, so I couldn't have been with you. And and from there, <laughs> I turned around and I swung on him. I, slapped, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. Oh, there. I, I slapped the shit out of him, right? Uh huh. And who was I with? I was with a bunch of people, but nobody ever seen me react like that because I usually don't react. It doesn't really matter what people say. But for there, for him to stop me and to pull me in and to yeah. say that in my ear, I really thought you... you, you, you but you must think, like, you must think it's all good that you absolutely. could say that and nothing's going to happen in response. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that was the only time that... And I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was at the Metropolitan Club I was walking in. I was going to the DJ booth. Uh, June was with me. I thought somebody was behind me. I thought it was you. I thought I was holding your hand. And he said that. And I just remember it like no, it was yesterday. Definitely was. But anyway, that was that's the only time I ever lost my cool. Mm-hmm. But other than that, only you can say things to make me lose my cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, other than that, I don't care. Like, you call me whatever you want. Hey, what's up? I'd be like, hey, your mother. All right. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, word. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. But it, nothing Nothing bothers me. And it, it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But you saying the same thing matters to me because what you say matters. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. So that's why even with social media, when people leave stupid comments sometimes and all that, it doesn't bother me. I just I, half the time I just have a block party and I just block the shit out of them and and I think it's funny. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then they create new pages. Why well, you block me? Block them again. That's, that's <laughs> I don't. I really don't care. Uh-huh. But for you, it's a little different. It's it's a little saltier. You know what I mean? When when you hear it, but yeah, okay. All right, you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. All right, now um. You know what I wanted to briefly, before we get to the email of the week, I just wanted to get at uh, how do you trust your kids? Uh, we were talking to Madison and Madison says she has some friends that their parents go through their phones, go through their mm-hmm. social media, their Snapchat, their Instagram and all their other stuff. And they said their parents are really into it to make sure that what they're doing and what they're not doing. And what? How come you don't do that with your kids? Well, I think that it all starts with the relationship Uh that you have with your children. Uh, When Madison came and told us that, and you know, the relationship that we have with Madison, you know, people will ask, um, you know, should your older kids be your friends? Like, how do you draw the line between friendship and parenting? And, you know, like your father, for instance, babes, Mm -hmm. will say, you're my son. You're not my friend. Correct. Like he stands firm to that. You're my son. You're not my friend. You'll never be my friend. I and, and there are people that share the same feeling, but I feel as though. My children are my friends, but friends with limits. Friends with a different level of respect. Like we're just, we're not just out and out friends. Right. Like we can be friends, but I'm that like, I can, I can look at my friend crazy. If I get pissed off, I can talk to my friend crazy because at the end of the day, like if our friendship ends, the world isn't going to end. Right. But my relationship with my child can't end. It'll never end. You can't look at me crazy. You can't talk to me crazy there because there's a consequence, you know? Um, So we have uh, degrees of friendship, but I'm still her mother. Right. So the friendship allows for our kids to tell us things and there's a trust there and Mm -hmm. there's a reliability there. Um, There's a camaraderie there, you know, but at the same time, There are boundaries. And if you can draw that line with your child, if you can figure that out, then I think that that's the best way to be. Because, you know, our oldest kids are 16 and 14 and we're long enough down the line where I can say that it's worked. Right. Um, So when Madison came to us and told us that story, She started by saying that, you know, she was talking to some of her friends and a bunch of her friends were sitting. Well, I'm not going to say where they were sitting, but during the conversation said that they hate their moms. Right. And she said, you know, I know that kids say that they hate their moms, but when you're in a conversation and your friends are telling you that they hate their moms, she's like, I was really taken aback. Like, how can you hate your mom? 
And she said, I just sat there quietly and I was listening to, you know, everybody telling their stories. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, my mom goes through my phone. Mm -hmm. My mom doesn't let me do this. She doesn't let me do that. Mm -hmm. She checks my social media. She checks my Instagram. She checks my Snapchat. She tries to get into my emails. She's all over my text. They have my code, something about the iCloud, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when they asked her, you know, how she felt. She was like, all she could say is, you know, I just don't have that experience. You know, like that's not my experience in my house. And she was like, I, I kind of kept it to myself because I didn't really want to tell them how it is in my house to make it seem as though, you know, we're we're so far apart with, you know, what our home lives are like. She was like, but it was interesting to hear how they felt, you know. And I said, well, how do you feel? And she was like, well, mom, I feel like you're my best friend, you know, like I tell you everything and like, I love that. And I said, you know something, Madison, I can't imagine a relationship with you where I had to check your phone. I had to check your social media. I said, I follow you on Instagram. So yeah, I read your comments to make sure that no one's being inappropriate with you. I said, but that's as far as that goes. I said, but if we had a relationship where I had to check those things or I had to check your room in the middle of the night to make sure that you didn't sneak out or, you know, I had to pop up on you at parties to make sure that you weren't drinking or call other friends' moms to make sure that you're there like you say that you are. If I had to go through all of these other measures, then it would be the signs of a failing relationship between you and I. And things here would have to be wrangled so that we would disrupt that path and create a new path. Right. And... I told her for me, there would be no worse feeling than distrusting my child. You know, I said, I can't even, I can't imagine a situation where you would lie to me and do something other than what you say that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, Logan, you know, now he's 14 and I mean, and we're very protective. Uh We're very, very protective. And we explain to our kids why we're protective and why the rules that we have for them are what they are. Correct. And they understand that those rules are put into place for their protection, for their safety, and because we love them. They know that we're not just trying to be mean. Right. You know, because that's how I was raised. My parents gave me explanations and they gave me the leverage to make decisions, but I always knew that if they told me no, that it was for a reason that was warranted that my parents weren't just trying to be mean. And I try to raise my kids the same way. So anyway, Logan is now at an age where (laughs) I let him go to the movies with a few friends. Mm -hmm. The movies are only about the movie theaters, maybe seven minutes from our house. I drop him off. I pick him up. So he goes to the movies last weekend and he calls me and he's like, mom, um, the movie's over. So typically, you know, you'd be picking me up, but do you mind if we go to the supermarket? Like, you know, right. Because the movie theater and the supermarket are in like, they're connected. They're like in the same building. If you could imagine that. So he's like, you know, can we walk across the hall or whatever to the supermarket? And I said, well, 
why are you gonna why are you going to the supermarket he was like we he was like honestly i said yeah he's like we just kind of want to run around and have fun you know see what they have and you know just run around and probably do silly things i'm imagining he probably wanted to make like a toilet paper fort or you know or something Uh silly like that and then hang out in front of the supermarket and he said that they would go up to random old older people like for some reason older people hang out in front of the supermarket there's a lot of elderly people there uh-huh. and he said that they would um go up to the elderly people and say you know if i do a backflip in front of you right now will you dab he said they they had all the elderly people dabbing <laughs> or whatever in in the supermarket or outside the supermarket anyway you know irma who's our nanny was standing right in front of me when he called i was like yeah you could run over there and have fun you know it's like just call me when you're done and i'll come scoop you and you know even irma said she's like that's so strange i said what do you mean she said that he would call you and ask permission to do that like any other kid would just you know it's 10 15 20 minutes after movies over would just go over do it and then call you afterwards right and i said yeah i said logan asks me for permission to wipe his ass you know like the kids always ask for permission and i think that they're just kind of hardwired to do that because we've always raised them like if you don't like it's going to be a problem. Correct. You know, you always ask permission. And if you ask permission, guess what? Nine times out of 10, the answer is going to be yes. You're never asking to do anything outlandish. And if I say no, it means that it's for a good reason. It can jeopardize your safety. So they have trust in us to ask, you know, they're not fearful of the no, because they know if they get a no, it's in their best interest. Right. So I think that it all starts with developing that, at home, like once you develop that relationship, then I don't think that you have to go through other measures to make sure that they're doing what Correct. they're supposed to be doing. Right. No, I agree with you. And I, and I think that starts young. And, and I think you did it today. And first of all, I mean, our kids come in our bedroom and I got to force them out. I got to say, Yo, get the fuck out of our room. Like, it's that bad. <laughs> but I, I seen it today with our three year old. Like, all right, it's time. Yeah, Mommy and daddy right. want to watch watch Netflix. You know, I seen it today with our three-year-old, you know. Mm-hmm. Today our three-year-old came in the room and you were like, hey, you know, Jackson, are you sucking your thumb at school? And he was like, no, mommy. And he was like, Jackson, are you telling me the truth? Just tell me the truth. He was like, okay, mommy, yes, I'm still sucking my thumb. Yeah. And you were... And you was like, give me a hug. You know, just tell me the truth. No matter what it is, tell me the truth. He didn't get in trouble. Yeah. And that was just. Oh, encouraged. I was dying. It was the cutest thing. I was like, I was like, are you sucking your thumb at school? He was like, no. I said, Jackson, you can be honest with me. Are you sucking your thumb at school? He was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was a laugh for five minutes. I just had to hug him and kiss him. And, you know, you're right. It's that encourages him to tell the to truth. Tell he knows, the truth. Even though that he shouldn't be, he won't get in trouble. And I, I think that's where you start. You start off young. If you have young kids, you start off young. Yeah, but that, and that's another thing, you know, when it comes to parenting, you can't expect your kids to be perfect. They have to feel okay with telling you the truth. Right. If they fear telling you the truth, if they fear that it's not a safe zone to be honest with you, then I think that means that you're grooming them to lie to you. Correct. Because I think it's human nature that, you know, people always try to take the easy way out. Like, what can I say that is going to give me the least impact? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like, how can I make sure that I'm avoiding anything negative? If all I have to do is tell this little itty bitty lie and it's going to make my life easier, 
I'm just going to tell that little itty bitty lie. If it means I don't have to do all this explaining, I don't have to get punished. I don't have to disappoint my parents. I'm just going to tell this little itty bitty lie. But if you create a safe environment for a kid to tell you the truth where, yeah, you can be disappointed. Like, yeah, you know, I'm disappointed, but I'm glad that you told me the truth. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with you go out there and you bleep up. And you come back and tell me the truth and expect me to be okay with it. And then it happens over and over and over again, you know, because I know I know parents that let their kids do all types of crazy things that I just I honestly, honestly, honestly cannot understand. You know, there are kids that are 15 Mm -hmm. that don't even have a, a, a permit whose parents are letting them drive right. locally. Mm-hmm. Like, my mind is blown. Right. Like, you have your permi- your parents' permission to drive at 15 where you don't have any formal lessons. You don't really know what you're doing. So you can take your parents' car and drive around. What if you hit, what if you kill somebody? Right. And you had the permission of your parents. Like, how does that how does that happen? So, you know, there are parents that let their kids do all types of things, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and sometimes parents need to be better parents, you know what I mean? And not just allow kids to run rampant. Right. So, you know, with that being said, I don't think that you just let your parents... I mean, I don't think you just let your kids do whatever. Right. I don't think that you let them run rampant rampant, so that you can have a good relationship with them. Because that's oftentimes the reason why parents let their kids do whatever. Right, to have good relationships. They want to yeah. be cool. They know that, you know, if their kids are having sex, they'd rather them having sex at their house instead right. of, you know, out in the street, out in a car or whatever. If they're drinking, they'd rather for them to be drinking under their roof instead mm-hmm. of in a park, on a corner at their friends' houses or whatever. If they're doing drugs or like right now, vaping is very big. And, you know, weed pens are big. I'd rather them do it, you know, under my roof where I can control it or whatever. And I feel, my feelings are more, more along the lines of, why don't you teach them not to do those things? Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Not to do those things. Not and not give them an excuse to say, well, okay, just do it at the house. No, don't do it at all. Don't, don't drink do it at all. all. You're too young to be drinking, too young to be smoking, too young to be driving. You know, I, I agree with but, you wholeheartedly. But why? You have to explain to them why. It can't just be you're too young. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because explanations like that don't work for teenagers. Correct. You're too young. Because if I'm a teenager and I hear that, what does that mean? What are you really saying to me? I'm too young. Because to me, I'm relatively grown. I'm mature, right. I'm capable of making good decisions. I know my limit, you know, I can still drive my reflex, my reflex time and right. my intuition is all still intact, Correct. you know, and they're wrong Absolutely about wrong. all of those things. You know, and that's why parents have to be parents and not just try to be friends at times. It's, it's okay to be a child's friend, but know when to you, you have to parent. But it's also about explaining, Correct. you know, and you and I go back and forth about explaining, but there are things that. You have to explain to a child so that they really understand or a teen or a kid, however you want to term them, you know, so that they really understand why your rules are what they are. Right. 
you know, to a point where it doesn't even have to be about your rules. It's where your kids are making those decisions for themselves because they're acting in their own best interest. And I think that's where the training comes in and training them early to make those kind of decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, you know, it's, it's a thin line and you have to know when to be your child's friend and know when to be your child's parent. I mean, I think you be them both at the same time, but where either of those um, forms of relationships kind of take the lead. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's almost time to get up out of here. We're not doing an email? Yeah, we do a little email. Oh, okay. We're over time, so. We're over time right now? Yeah, we, you know, we're over an hour. Oh, okay. Okay, well, this is... You uh, be aight. Now, we have listeners of all ages, and we appreciate all our listeners, but this is from one of our youngest listeners. Now, this is just... When I read this, it made me... It, it broke my heart a little bit. Okay. Excuse me. Why didn't I find love at 15? Hi, DJ Envy and Gia. I love you guys. I love your family relationship and you two as individuals. I get a little jealous when I hear that you two begin your love affair at such a young age. I'm 29 and very single. I know I'll never be with any one of my high school loves, but even at my age, I'm not meeting any guys I feel meet my standards. How can I get over that feeling that I missed out? But more importantly, how can I vet these guys without wasting a bunch of time? I met a guy who's 24 and he's a nice guy, but after a few weeks, I can see that he's not into whining and dining me, which is what I want. He lives with roommates and the other day he asked, what time do you want me to come over? Or did I want to go out? What the fuck? After only a few weeks and two dates, he's not into taking me out? (laughs) Envy as a guy and gear as the big sis I never had. Please help me with a few tips to help me get my groove by the time I turn 30 this summer. I love you and thank you for reading my email. That is not one of our youngest listeners. I don't know what you're talking about. I just she is read, 29 years old. You know what happened? I just read the caption. Why didn't I find love at 15? And I thought she was maybe like 16 years old. <laughs> That's what I really thought. So I was like, uh, you oh, this said, is a good one. I'm 29. I'm like, what is he talking about? Nah, I, I really put that one on the side. I said, oh, this is a good one. She's 16 years old and she's looking for love. Let me fix her right away. But no, this lady's 29 and she's looking for love, right? And now she's a lady. Yeah, this lady. <laughs> lady well you know i and and i I say this and this is this is very simple for me you know i think a lot of people are looking for love and they need to stop looking and with that being said stop trying to find something it will happen when it happens when you force yourself Mm -hmm. to look for something and you force yourself to i want it now i want to do it by 30 i want to do it. it never happens that way because you seem thirsty And I think people see that from afar away. Yeah, you don't see it for yourself. I want to. I want you to wine and dine me. No, dude wants to motherfucking come over and just and watch some TV with you. You know, just start there. Now, from getting to know him, no, 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 don't start there. She's absolutely right. Are you crazy? After three weeks, he wants to come over. No, you're not coming over. Like you have to prove yourself. Like you have oh to go goodness. through the initiation process. You, you are know, you too no, damn old school. No, it is. Well, I'm sure. Well, if dude, you think it's old school, it's not then a matter. I think old school is what works. I don't think he wants to fuck. I just think he really just wants to spend some time and watch some television. It doesn't matter. And Listen, I can't invite no, you no, over. No, no, you know no, 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 no,
No. Because I have three roommates. So you can't come over here and chill with the roommates. And I'm working hard, so no. I can't afford it. So no. you got your own place. You don't Let's just have watch to afford TV. it. Baby, listen, people can get creative with dates these days. You can do things that you can go out and show a girl a good time for $25. Right. Do you know what I mean? You can get creative. And as a female, I would be impressed if a guy took me out and showed me a good time on a budget. I Because those little things okay. are, are, are what feels sweet. Right. So hold on. So if money is the problem, that's not an excuse. Let me ask hold you a question. On, so on, what, so what is the problem then? What do you mean what's the problem? Coming over is the problem? Coming over is the freaking problem. That's too... Er- Listen, it's one thing. I don't want to fuck. No, I hold on, watch hold on, hold on, hold on. And it's okay if you want... It's, it's okay if you want to bleep. It's okay. I'm not judging anybody. You know, I think... Listen, there are people that go out, they have one night stands. If that's the way that you want to live as long as you're safe and it's two consenting adults, if that is your lifestyle, then that's fine. So I have no problem with that. If that's what people choose, you just just don't be out there endangering anyone's lives. Don't lead anybody on. Don't lie. That's fine. What I'm saying is if she wants to be in a relationship, uh-huh. then it has to start off letting the other person know that you're down for a relationship and you're no easy walk in the park. And I've said this before. I don't think that anybody consciously wants anything that comes too easy. You know, like if you want to be able to come to my apartment, you have to show me that you're worthy of coming to my apartment. Okay, so this is the thing. Like there has to be steps like you have to build towards something. I don't know about you, but I want to earn something like if I'm with a guy, even me, I I don't want anything that comes too easy. I want to work for a little something. I want I want to feel like if I if I get your love, if I get your trust, if I get your adoration that I earned it that you're just not out there giving it to any chick that walks past you that you kicked it to all right well do you listen, know what i mean well, listen to this right so there has to be steps no it doesn't i don't agree so all right so all right let me so see you, this you think that he should be able to go to her house after the second week Hold on. he could be just freaking crazy just third week whatever well, he can I, be crazy and you can be entertaining a stalker that now knows where you live can you vet somebody and know who they are and why they're getting to know you before you allow them into your home into your own private I, space i'll let you talk now let me say what i have to say so now we've been dating for three weeks, right? Yeah. We, we've been Ooh, going out. Applebee's, Tony Romas, all the expensive spots, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, as we're talking, because we're talking on the phone, we're texting, you know, we're into each other. I find out that you like power like I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. 50 Cent's new show. I love it. You love it. I never miss an episode. Really? Then you watch it Hold at on. nine. I watch it at nine. Let's reconvene on the phone as soon as it's over. You, Go. Watch, you watch it, too? We should watch it together and have a little power party. Okay, I'll come over. You can't come over here. Nah, B. Because I have three roommates. I'm 24. I just got out of college. I'm getting myself together. So I'm not crazy. I'm not. But you might be. I don't know. It's only been three weeks. So let's watch power together. I don't want sex. I don't want to fondle you. Of course you want sex. You might not ask for it, but you definitely want it. But we can't just watch power together? No. I don't know you. Well, that's why. I don't know you. That's why. (laughs) It's only been three weeks. What's your middle name? I don't know. Ask. (laughs) I don't know. Where's your mama live? I don't know. You sure as hell isn't going to know. You're not going to know where I live if I don't know where your mama lives. Are you kidding me? Three weeks? You think somebody should let somebody over their house? No, that's why one night stands usually go to the telly because I don't, I'm not going to let you know where I live. You're not going to let me know where you live. Three weeks. My point is even one night stands don't 
let each other know because it's after, too early. Three, three weeks, weeks we go out. You think you think three weeks is enough time to let somebody know where you live? We go out with each other after three weeks. You got to drop me off if it's three weeks. Then I pick you up. And then to let them in your house to know like where your exit doors are. Nah, nope, nope. Exit doors. Nope, nope, no. So what do you, no. su- what is he, you what know where suggest? my security cameras are? No. Nope. So what do you suggest? Um, wait, what's the question? <laughs> like, what's the, what's the She question? wanted to know about this guy who already wants to come over and he has a couple of roommates, so she can't go over there. And she wants to know, what do you think we sh- she should do? Well, they're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. You know, I think that they should entertain themselves excluding her home clearly his home isn't an option so excluding i mean shoot i wouldn't be going to his house after three weeks either you can hold me down and do whatever you can have your way with me i don't trust you after three weeks Mm. like i have to get to know you if we're going to be in a contained spot where it would be difficult for me to leave if i want to leave and you don't want me to leave you know like safety is priority right i agree three weeks would you want would you when Madison gets old enough to be dating, she's 20 years old. Would you want her inviting some guy that she met in a bar to her house after three weeks? Yeah, we all watching power. <laughs> you, me, you, him. Him. We all there watching power. Power party. I bring the popcorn. That's right. <laughs> you bring the coke. We all watching power. And I'm eating healthy now, so I mean, I bring the kale, the zucchini, all the stuff that's you green bring, that I can't pronounce. You bring pronounce. the cold-pressed juices. That's right, the cold-pressed juices. We having a huge party. No liquor infused, nothing. No, but realistically, would you want her to no, invite somebody right. over for three weeks? No, you're right. Like, you have to be safe. Like, I was watching, and listen... The ID channel oh my will have you pulling your hair out over safety. ID channel is the reason why Madison couldn't cross the street till she was 16. <laughs> no, drunk drivers is the reason she couldn't cross the street until this year. But I'm sure you've seen it on the ID channel. But <laughs> no, but you know, I was watching something the other day and the percentage of stalkers in this country, according to the show that I was watching, like one out of six people, one out of six women will be stalked at some point. In their life. And when I'm like, wow, you don't really hear too much about people being stalked, but different degrees of stalking, you know, and the point is you just never know who you're dealing with. So I feel as though you have to vet somebody before you allow them to come to your house. But I don't really think that that was the heart and the soul of her email. I think her email was more so geared towards you know, someone not wanting to wine and dine her. Right. And finding and, love. And, and skipping through the initiation stage and just, you know, getting to a point where you're supposed to be later on in the relationship where you're just kind of chilling. You don't really have to work for anything. You're just, you know, you're not trying to impress me anymore. Right. I think that's really what she was getting at. And I would say for anybody out there that is dating, date. I would say date. Like, don't feel like, oh, I met one person. He's the person. Let me try. No, date. It's you're not. You're not being a hoe. You're not fucking all of them. Date. Just fucking some of them. No, I mean you don't. Have, you don't have to fuck any of them. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, you don't. Just like two or three at the same no, time. It's not a problem. Date. Going out with people on dates is not bad. And, of course. And not. you should go out and see what you like and you can see. kiss a lot of guys. Yeah, and, fill you up a little bit. Here you go. But see, you know, <laughs> see what you like, and then from there you make your decision. But don't just say, "Okay, this one guy." No, go on dates, go to different restaurants, go to different experiences, and don't do the same thing. Like you know, 
you know, Gia and I tell you about a lot of different and stupid shit that we do. Try some of those things to to get somebody's uh, true opinions out. You know, fuck a, a dinner. Go go to trapeze. It's the same price. You know, go to trapeze, get a pizza, go trapeze and, and have conversation there. You know, go go-kart racing. You know, go buggy riding in Central Park. Do corny shit. Do nice shit. Just go to, you know, when it's... When it's warm out, have a picnic. Yeah, the picnics picnic, are so nice. Do corny shit and just get to get really know somebody. Get the supermarket. Right. You know, if if, if they, they don't eat pork, you do turkey sandwiches. You know, if if they don't eat meat, you and know, guys, vegan girls stuff. girls would be so impressed with any of these ideas. Right. So you just know, do, it doesn't always have to be an expensive dinner right. where, you know, the two of you are dressed up. The more creative, for me, the more creative a guy is, the more impressed I am. It's right. not really about how much you spend. It's about how much thought you put into doing something special for me. Correct. You know, but for her, I just think that, she needs to, this guy, I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't seem as though he's on the right path. No, it seems like he might be a little young for he her. It seems like he might be a little, a little young, young for yeah. what she's looking, looking for. for. Correct. You know, you want someone that is going to invest in you, not financially, but invest the thought into you and the relationship. Invest the time, invest the creativity and show you that, they're worthy of you putting the same back into them. And if that's not, if you know, if you're if you're meeting people that aren't on the same path as you, that's okay. You just need to find someone that is walking the same path as you. Absolutely. We wish you the best of luck. <clears throat> okay. Don't wrap up because I actually want to get to this one email that I read that I thought was interesting. No. It... Yes. Here. Read it. You'll be all right. Okay. Hello, Gia. And, and, <laughs> Why did you have to say it like that? Because no, we're way over now. Well, you be all right. Okay. I love you guys so much. You are the perfect one for another. Uh, please refer to me as Julia on the podcast. And if it makes me, if it makes it on there, because I don't have coworkers that listen and I don't want them. I do have coworkers that listen and I don't want them to know this is me. My situation is I have a husband that I've been married to for almost 10 years. We've been together 13. When we started dating, I had a newborn from another man. This is before even me and my husband got together. My husband didn't take care my husband didn't care. He took us as a package deal. When my husband and I got together, we decided to leave the state of New York. We're in Connecticut. And my sperm donor now wants to be in his son's life after 13 years of non-communication. Uh, am I wrong to keep him in the dark or should I give him a chance? My husband, on the other hand, does not want to give him a chance. He said he blew it. He said he had 13 years to do something. And uh, he, why should he give a shit now? Can you please help me? My 13 son also does not know that my husband is not his biological father. I haven't told him yet because I just don't know what to do. What do you think? What do you think? I don't think you should tell him. Man hasn't been in a man's life for 13 years. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. If he gets to an age where he really wants to know, he can find out on his own. I wouldn't tell him. I wouldn't fuck up that boy's life. That boy thinks that, that the new man is his father. After 13 years, I wouldn't fuck that up. Hmm. I don't know. When I read that, I was a little, um, a little on the fence. Usually, I'm a little bit more cut and dry. Um, I was just imagining that he might have been young when his son was born and not ready, or it, there could be any number of reasons why he didn't want to be a father at the time. He could have just been a jerk, but. I think that you know that people do grow 
and change. Correct. And there can be something that sparked a change in his life where he wants to be a new man, a better man, and start to take on his responsibilities. That might be the reason why he wants to get back into his son's life. That's cool and all. And you think that, and I, you know, I'm not decided. I'm really just talking it through as I'm thinking it. Do you think that if he is a changed person and because he made a bad decision at the, at that time, do you think that he shouldn't be given the opportunity to make it right? No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he played Under with the kids. Under any circumstances? No, nah, I don't think he played with the kid's heart. You know what I mean? And especially he wasn't in the kid's life. This other man stepped up and this other man is now the father. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. Um, I wouldn't want to bring somebody else new into the life after 13 years and confuse this child and and all of that. No, this is the kid's father. You haven't been in the, in the, in in his life for 13 years. Stay out of his life. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna give you something to consider. Because what what's what's the real concern? What's the real worry? Is the real worry that he may come in and then leave again? And disrupt in the process, having he would have disrupted what's already going on and then left. In other words, you come in, you let the kid know that who he thought was his biological father isn't. You disrupt our whole situation. You kind of ruin it. You throw a monkey wrench in it and then you leave. So it was all for nothing. Or do you think that, like, what do you think? I don't think that you should mess with. I, I don't think you can trust this man. I don't think I will put my son's feelings on the line for somebody that I don't know or don't care to know. So then what about vetting that person? What about re- vetting your ex? It's been 13 years. Why, why do what I What about vet? let us get to know each other and let me determine whether you're worthy of meeting your son. No, because I don't. getting a relationship. I don't want you anywhere in my life because once you get close, you can try to do it yourself. I don't want you nowhere near me. I don't trust you. I don't know you. I haven't seen you in 13. When he turns 21 and he wants to know his father, then you can have that conversation. But right now, since he's a growing boy, he's just starting high school. Mm. He doesn't need any distractions. He doesn't need, oh, this is my dad or I don't know why my dad left me. You don't need any of those feelings. Mm -hmm. So, no. So you're saying that the father coming into, well, the biological, biological father trying to come back into his son's life. Should wait until he's 21. Yeah, wait until he's 21 when he's Where a grown man. Where the son man, can make that decision make for himself. Make a decision for himself, right. He's 21. He doesn't have to worry about school and kids and education. He's already graduated and his he can think for himself. But at 13, I'm not going to put that stress on my child. Or even that question mark on the situation of how you may pr- proceed. Right. If the father's going to be in for his life for a year and then go back out or mm-hmm. what he's going to do. No, I don't, I don't want that stress for my child. Being a child is difficult now with social media and grades and bullying and everything that's going on in this world now. Now I want to put that added stress to my son. No, I'm done. I'm good. No, nope, I'll see you when you're 21. Should have been in his life 13 years ago. I like it because it kind of um, draws, a, it, it strikes a medium. It's it's not telling you that you can never know your son. You can never be a part of your son's life, but it's forcing you to take accountability for the decisions that you made early on and at the same time it's protecting your son right now absolutely 
So it's not closing the door. It's it's basically saying this is what you decided. Now, I would prefer that you jump off a bridge and never come back. But if you wanted to come back when, you know, he turned 21, I understand. But then I, we can all have that conversation and we can explain to him. Absolutely. And if you have changed, you can you can explain what you've gone through and what brought you to this point now, etc. Absolutely. OK. Yeah, I like that. OK. Absolutely. Sounds All right. good. All right. Now, don't forget, you know, we are going to be February 19th at the Highline Ballroom. You can get your tickets right now. Highlineballroom.com. We have almost sold out all the, uh, I guess they have VIP seats where it's a meet and greet and it's preferred seating. All that is sold out. Um, but in the, in the arena, the seats are all pretty great seats anyway. So, Definitely get your tickets, and we would love to see you there. Again, February 19th, uh, I think we're almost sold out. Very few tickets left, and we would love to see you. So if you can, get your tickets. You could uh, follow Gia on Instagram or follow me on Instagram, and click the link in the bio and get your tickets now, and we can't wait to see you guys. And we're also trying to figure out a, a game night. Yeah, we're trying to figure out a way that we can have a successful game night where everyone can participate, everyone can have a good time, where it doesn't have to be too long so that, you know, people aren't sitting there getting bored and tired, waiting for their turn, waiting for their opportunity to participate. So we're trying to figure out a way where it can be great and enjoyable for everyone. Correct. So once we get that together and we figure that out, we'll try to make it happen. And I guess you can decide if you want to be on Team Gear or Team Envy. <laughs> they want to be on Team Gear. All the losers go to Team Gear. <laughs> All right. But we'll see you guys. The losers will prevail. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Um, it's what? Three in the morning? Shit. Time for know. me to get to work. Yeah, we had to kick our baby out of the bed. Now I got to go get my baby back. Yes, it's three o'clock in the morning. You have to take a shower in an hour and a half. Yeah, what hour? An hour. It's snowing outside. I got to leave a little oh, early. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn near blizzard. I got to yeah, probably ninety leave minute now. delay for the kids for school in the damn morning. Damn, they got to leave well, now. Just the morning. Just to get out of this snow. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna see if I can get a fifteen minute nap in. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for coming over. All right. I'm DJ Envy, and I am Gia Casey, and that was another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles.